This is a Soul Fire production. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Politically Homeless. Thank you for being okay with me taking uh, the week off to go to Hawaii, do Hawaii things, caught a couple fish, shot a few axis, axis deer, very beautiful animal, very overpopulated, and uh, actually shot a goat as well. So those, uh, those skulls will be adorning this beautiful studio soon, a couple months or something. I don't know how long it takes. But uh, I'm excited to get those back here in, this, in, the, in, the, in the mainland, and I'm excited to be back here with you. I'm, I'm a little rusty, probably. I don't know. I've been missing this. I mean, we had the Fauci emails come out while I was gone. That was a trip. I was, um, I w- it was really hard not for, for me not to just dive into that, but I really just, I, I went several days without even having a computer while I was hunting, so it was a lot to, you know, it's, it was hard to, it was hard to be disconnected from everything for that long, but I think I needed it. It's been overwhelming to catch up. I've got a bajillion tabs open on my computer trying to catch up on articles and things that I wanted to get into. We're going to get into some really fun stuff today. I mean, fun. It's, you know, we're talking about abortion a little bit, so that's not like a fun thing to talk about. But, you know, the Fauci emails, this new abortion situation in Texas, Capitol Police, AOC, assault weapons ban, Facebook bans, Trump, and Tim Dillon uh, versus Tesla owners just because... That actually is kind of fun, but we've got a good show. We've got a good show. I'm excited for it. It's Pride Month. It's Pride Month now, so um, Raytheon has 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 changed their profile picture on their social media platforms to reflect their inclusivity, which I find just really helpful for the gay community. I don't know if I can't imagine the gay community not noticing that and just being eternally grateful for the compassion and understanding and support of the military industrial complex. So that's good. That's good. Everything's going on. Um, Hawaii was a trip. Hawaii was an interesting experience. I got engaged. So that's a thing. Um, I was nervous, but it was, it was, it was lovely. It was a lovely experience. We actually had a handful of strangers watching. So they were, they were cheering and, and giving me undying support, which I thought was, I thought was great. It was a great time. So, you know, send me your congratulations if need me. I also, I also um, got a warning from Instagram today. <laughs> I got a strange warning from Instagram today. Um, and you know, I've got some warnings from Instagram before. Like, you know, I get in, like, I, I say some stupid shit in the comments when someone's, like, being an asshole. And totally, I understand. I'm like, yeah, yeah you know, I probably should have said that. Like, I get it. I get Thanks, Dad. Um, but <laughs> I got this warning from Instagram. I was at the gym, and I was, you know, I'd been doing some CrossFit for the first time in a while, and and I was I was a little smoked. I was laying on the ground, breathing heavy, sweating profusely, um, shirtless, and uh, I took a selfie just as you know I was going to just do something silly, and I was like, "Hey, uh, swipe up to join my OnlyFans," and I put little I drew little X's on my nips, you know, just for fun. It's a joke, right? It's like, oh, this is funny, um, and it was going to take people to the Patreon, which you should join, by the way, um, and. <laughs> Within literally within 10 seconds, I closed my phone 
and get a notification that said that I violated community guidelines uh, for explicit or solicitation of sex, something like that. And I was, clearly it's an AI bot that's like, oh, there's a lot of skin exposed. Uh, Maybe there's some covered up nips. And the guy wrote OnlyFans. I didn't think much of it when I did it because the kind of content that I see on Instagram that I don't even like, it shouldn't even be in my algorithm, but I'm just getting full like mostly nudes, like in my Discover feed. I don't know if they just think that I'm a perv. I don't know what the deal is. That's not really where I, I get my fix. I don't get it on Instagram uh, looking at strangers, you know, doing their thing. I get it. Make your money. Stack that paper, okay? I support OnlyFans and people doing OnlyFans. I don't have an OnlyFans. I just have my Majestic Patreon. But the fact that I had to repeal this thing, being like, hey, I only have, you know, I only have so many strikes I can get on Instagram, and I would like to use those appropriately by, you know, speaking truth to power or something, right? Like I, would, I don't want, I don't want there to be some kind of mix up and say, hey, and a lot of the things that they have uh, strike, given me strikes for, or whatever, or given me content violations for, I repeal though or appeal them, and they get turned over um, within a day or two. But I just thought this was so funny. I'm like, this is any rational human being. Like, I'm a, I'm a man. My nipples are allowed to be out. I only wrote OnlyFans. I could have done the same photo and been like, I think OnlyFans is bad. <laughs> it, just would have, it would have been the same thing. It's so, so, so strange. But I posted that because I was, you know, I'm just, trying to, I'm just trying to get a little traffic. Just trying to, to run my grift over here and get a little traffic to the Patreon. So anyways, all that being said, if you want bonus content every week, you want to get involved in the conversation, you, and you want to make me talk about the things that you want me to talk about without me having the option to refuse you then you need to join the Patreon. Check it out. There is two tiers, Operative and Deep State. I'm going to be real with you. They're basically the same right now. There will be some changes coming down the pipe soon. But really, it's, you know, give what you can. Do what you can. Try to make it affordable. Try to provide value. And we've got a really good list of questions in the topic request uh, this week. I'm super stoked on it. And again, just, just glad to be back. Really just glad to be back doing the thing. Back on the microphone. I do have one other... Slight announcement, this could all fall through, but as of right now, um, we got back from Hawaii on Saturday, overnight flight. So we got here about 7 a.m. Oh, no, we flew out on Saturday. We got back Sunday at like 7 a.m. And it was weird because you you gain or you lose four hours. So it was like going through a, a time warp on the flight back. Terrible flight. And get back, have a little bit of rest at 3 p.m., um, we had found a house on, on online when we were in Hawaii, we've been looking at moving outside of town just to get out and have some like property and a little more space. And we found this house and we put an offer in and that offer got accepted. Um, so one of the cool things about this, this place is we're on a few acres and we'll have some space. And also I'll have a standalone studio office situation, which I'm very stoked on. Um, the yard in this particular house is an old football field. So it's turf. Um, aside from like the, that's like just a small part of it where you're kind of hanging around, but, um, the rest of it is like the woods, the trees, the wilderness. We have some deer cruising through. It's just a very beautiful place. Very, very nice views kind of far from everything. But after all this COVID shit, we're seeing more, I I, I don't know many people that aren't like, man, I want to get the fuck out of town. And I used to love living in town and I've never, I haven't lived that far outside of town since I grew up, but really excited to have an, you know, open a new chapter, you know, do the kid thing. It's going to be exciting, and, it, and it's, 
I don't know. I feel like part of it is, and the reason I bring that up is part of that is kind of this embracing this politically homeless thing. You know, it's one investing in having a really cool studio and doing that whole thing, um, which we already have here, but it'll be even better, uh, better lighting, better situation, more space, that kind of thing. But also, you know, building planners and learning how to do more. I mean, I've, I've worked manual labor a lot in my life, but like I've got to rebuild the decks that we have out there and get a bunch of tools and <laughs> do the thing. It's just, it's just becoming more self-reliant. I, I find really, you know, there's a, there's well water in case things happen. It's just this weird thought in the back of my head that like, what if shit were to really go down? Like living 20 minutes from town, yeah, it's a minor inconvenience. But if we can grow some food, you know, like I said, we have deer running around. Um, I can handle that situation. We've got well water. We've got septic. Like we're just in a situation where if something weird were to happen, it's almost like this insurance policy. It's really strange, but I'm very excited about it. Really excited about it. I'm going to put a bow range in the backyard. A lot of changes happening. A lot of things happening. Getting engaged, houses, this whole deal. So... It's wild, but that's enough about me. Just wanted to update you on my life. Now, I think it's time. Let's get to the state of things and dive right in. All right, of course, the first thing we're going to get into is these Fauci emails. So it was 3,200 pages, something like that. I flipped through them yesterday, but most of them were just like unsolicited advice that was sent to Fauci from random strangers, which is fine, Um, but it took up a lot of space. So trying to get into the meat of the potatoes of this thing, I wanted to take a different approach because one, this is an audio medium as well as a video medium, but everybody's showing you like, depending on where you're looking, um, you're seeing one side or another, right? It's like, well, they're picking out concerning segments from the email and they're sharing those and that's all good. But I really wanted to to zoom out of this thing and just think about the broader implications of this um, because this happened while I was gone and just kind of what I'm seeing happening with it. What what do we know? What do we think? Um, You know, my immediate thought with this was there's no real like smoking gun, right? There's no real smoking gun in this Fauci situation. There's definitely some exposed lies, but there's no crazy Alex Jones like facts that we can nail down and be like, yes, this is, you know, worthy of an indictment, right? Like something like that. So there's none of that, but it does expose some lies. And one thing that I look at with this and the way that this, I just watched these communications happen and what I read was that there was this level of certainty being portrayed even early on in the COVID situation. There was this level of certainty that was being portrayed by these, 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 quote-unquote leaders in this administration um, that was by no means warranted and did more problems than it did good, right? That level of certainty that was being projected onto the world and and, and we were kind of like force-fed this as a society. And, and many people kind of fell for the bullshit. And I, I've called this for months. I mean, at first I was like, yeah, this Fauci guy seems to know what he's talking about. But that was when these emails were going on in like March of 2020, right? It didn't take long for me to be like, this guy 
doesn't seem to really have the answers that he's pretending he does, right? He also didn't have the capacity to be like, we really don't know. He may have said that here and there, but the number of contradictions in what he said, how many times he's flip-flop, whether it be saying there was no, I mean, when Rand Paul grilled him, and Rand Paul has gained some serious political capital over the last couple months. Um, the way he grilled him about gain-of-function research, and then two weeks later, he's talking about how, yes, they did through a sub-grant, because this he couldn't lie anymore. They did, through a sub-grant, um, give money to the Wuhan Institute of Virology. And which is, let's just be fucking honest, guys. That's where the shit came from. It makes the most sense. You also have these, these discussions about how this thing looks engineered if you, get, if you really understand what you're looking at. And there's so much going on. Of course, people are bringing up the mask thing, but that was, of all the things, the least concerning to me, right? The mask thing was like, okay, whatever. That is, it is theater when you're vaccinated wearing a mask. One of the other things that jumped out was post-infection immunity. Um, that was a discussion that was being had that even now, because of these emails, it's forcing other science to come out. But if you were to question Fauci, if you were to question the narrative around what Fauci was doing, and what he was saying, or if you had doubts, you could be called anything from racist for some fucking reason to anti-science, to anti-vax, to any, like, it was just, there was no room for criticism. And I look at this, and, and this is something we've talked about on the show numerous times, is how important it is to have this dissent within organizations, right? Like, people that are willing and capable and and allowed to speak up and voice uh, disagreements. And we had Fauci and Dr. Burks, which seemed like a Fauci lackey. Like, there was no, it was a bunch of yes men, and then Trump, who was just spouting nonsense, right? But it's like the Trump and Biden administration both kind of, like, paid uh, loyalty to this guy. Like this is, this was their guy. He was the guy when there was so much conflicting information and, and conflicting ideas out in the world. We even saw in these emails, I was reading something about how important zinc could be like inhaling zinc, um, which I don't know much about this. I'm not a fucking doctor. I just really, I'm good at spotting bullshit. And I could tell this guy was full of shit like that. That would, that was what I was seeing. I can't sit here and talk to you about, I'm not a virologist, but I know when someone's when someone's lying, <laughs> you know what I mean? And we see this, and this guy is 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 posing for Vanity Fair and shit. And you're like, well, dude, you're a you're a physician. So I want to get into the one thing that really tripped me out because this lab leak situation has been quite interesting. So there's many ways we can go with this, but again, I wanted to talk about the important uh, the importance of dissent and then how that was lacking within the Trump administration and the Biden administration when it came to Tony Fauci. So we have this article here from the New York Post saying, Fauci was warned that COVID-19 may have been engineered, emails show. Dr. Anthony Fauci was warned that the coronavirus had possibly been engineered and appeared to be taking reports about it seriously. At the same time, he was publicly downplaying the notion that the virus had been created in a lab, according to his emails. Meanwhile, Fauci's top experts in infectious disease also got a, he also got a personal thank you for backing the national, natural origin theory from the head of a nonprofit that used $3.4 million in government grants to fund research at the Chinese lab suspected of creating the virus, the emails show. On January 31st, 2020, more than two months before the World Health Organization characterized COVID-19 as a pandemic, Fauci sent an email to U.S. virus researcher Kristen Anderson and Sir Jeremy Farrar, who run the global health charity in Britain. Fauci forwarded them a copy of a Science Magazine article titled, Mining Coronavirus Genomes for Clues to the Outbreak's Origins. This just came out today. 
You you may have seen it. If not, it is of interest to the current discussion, wrote Fauci, the longtime head of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease. And here we have this email to kind of discuss in this. So what we're looking at here, and we go into this whole article, guys, it goes more into depth, but what we're looking at here is a discussion that was happening behind closed doors that maybe wasn't appropriate to be brought up um, immediately. But over time, when this, this, this theory became more and more credible, it was, a, it was a worthwhile discussion. But China had everybody by the balls. China had Trump by the balls. China has Biden by the balls. Every, or every business in this country relies, every major corporation relies on China. Their influence is incredibly pervasive. If you have not read Chaos Under Heaven by Josh Rogan, get yourself a copy and read that shit because what that shows is the amount of leverage that China has over people like Fauci, over the World Health Organization, and the idea that, that Fauci was had this this belief that he was going to get accurate information out of Chinese scientists, out of the Chinese government, and had faith in them and confidence in them from even before, but from before COVID, right, where he was trusting them to do gain of gain of function research appropriately, is is comical. It's such a strange situation. So we're seeing this, and on top of all of this shit, on top of all of this, you have Facebook messaging Fauci, letting them, letting him know that they were going to be, you know, censoring content that had any kind of, you know, the lab leak content, any kind of um, COVID or vaccine uh, hesitancy, this whole kind of thing, they were going to be censoring that content to support what they were doing. So now you have Facebook acting as some kind of arm of the NIH or the federal government in, in doing their work to now suppress information. And that is by no means pro-science. And now there's kooks out there saying ridiculous, crazy shit. Yeah, that's fine, I guess. You could also just not. That's, that's fine, too. But these weren't kooks. These were credible doctors, scientists, virologists that had serious questions and serious doubts. And what we're seeing now is the reason, the reason that faith in our institutions is degrading consistently right? You have no reason to have faith in the organizations and, and the, the leadership in this country anymore. There's no, there's no reason left, right? It, it's just a strange situation. Like from January, 2020 to March, 2020, this came from, this was at first a situation where we really wanted a lot of information and then just turned into partisan finger pointing, you know, and, and Trump was the worst about this. The worst, and he created a situation where then it gave the Democrats the the permission to do the same shit, and vice versa. So it just kept going back and forth on a teeter totter of fucking nonsense. You know, I mean, generally, I, I when I look at this, right, like I was going to vote Joe Jorgensen. This is just my own personal anecdote here, but I was going to vote Joe Jorgensen or just leave it blank. But the way that Trump Trump conducted himself throughout this early situation was so embarrassing and so frustrating. Then I was like, yeah, fuck, I'll just, I guess I'll just vote for Biden. Fuck, I got, I, what else are we going to do? You know, it was that situation. Like, in not knowing that Biden was going to do a good job, I'm not, I, don't, I didn't defend the guy. I criticized the guy more than most conservatives. When we get to the situation where we have this shameful experience that, that, that information became secondary to blame within our own country from something that came from somewhere else that we funded. And, and if you want to make it more partisan, Obama was the one that was like, hey, Maybe this isn't a good idea. This could cause an outbreak. And then Trump was like, I don't really know what the fuck's going on. I'm just going like, to dismantle these institutions. And then Fauci and his lackeys were able to push this shit through and make it happen. 
But China didn't have those kind of regulations, right? And now there's 11 labs within the United States that are doing gain-of-function research, which is incredibly dangerous. You're fucking playing with fire. You're making a soup. You're taking a virus, souping it up, putting it on steroids, making it super powerful. And there's some viruses by accounts that have a, you know, instead of a 0.01 death rate, something like a 15% death rate. What would that do if that got out? Is that really worth it? And then you're going to just assume that at some point... Right, you have a bulletproof lab that's never nothing's ever going to leak out of, no catastrophic in situations, no black swans at all, and then you're going to have this situation where that's possible, and you're just going to hope that you can create a vaccine for that, which you can then you know profit off of like a motherfucker, and then we get this situation. So th- the broader implications of this are really troubling. Right? It's, it's a further erosion of faith in institutions, as I've said. And the fact that Trump, right, that he was supposed to be, and this is what some conservatives still think he was, which is, to me, also comical, that he was supposed to be, like, this America first, yada, 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 his whole, like, make MAGA bullshit, blah, 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 whatever he was doing, was, like, just repeating what President Xi had to say to him about the COVID situation. Like, that, that's what really frustrates me, too. And then you have this. These people, they're puppets, man. And, and I understand because Trump is generally incompetent, right? It would be nice to have someone who had maybe a similar policy situation but was a grown-up. That would be cool. I'd like Maybe like a Ron DeSantis type of situation where it's like, oh, well, this there's an adult in the room now. That's great. Um, somebody who doesn't, you know, thrive in chaos and generating chaos. Like, that would be nice um, because I can tell you right now, it's a little bit harder to live in this country in 2021 than it was in 2016 before Trump was elected. I'm just going to put that out there. I'm just floating it. I know people will be upset about that, but I'm just floating that out there. And we can blame whoever we want to blame, but that's the fucking deal. So we've, we've gotten ourselves in this situation where we've given China tons of leverage, and that goes way back. That goes back to NAFTA. That goes back to uh, letting them in the World Trade Organization. Like, there's a lot going on there. And this country has every intention to watch us fall to pieces. Now, do I think that America deserves to be the global superpower at this time? Probably not. Probably not. But having China be the global superpower is also fucking terrifying. I wish Australia was the global superpower or something like that. Maybe New Zealand. We should give New Zealand all the nukes. New Zealand should have all the nukes. Nothing would ever happen. That's the safest place for them. Send them to New New Zealand, the South Island. There's like 40 people there. Be fine. Unless somehow some kind of like weird critter got in there and set them all off. But this is weird. And another implication of this is that it only serves to push people right. That's all this is doing, right? Because what this makes people that are independent, like me, right? And independent lefty, whatever you want to call me. All it does is make us look at the left. We'll just look to our left and say, hey, we fucking told you. That's it. Like, we fucking told you. And now I have to go agree with the, I have to go agree with Tucker Carlson now. Now I get the pleasure of agreeing with these people who are fucking frustrating as shit as well, right? Because you guys can't act like grownups either. Like, and, and, and to, to, to see someone like, let's just use Nancy Pelosi as an example, right? Let's, to see her call someone like Trump childish is the pot calling the kettle black to an extreme. Because what we, what we have now is a bunch of junior high children that are petty as fuck that has happened to be funded by pharmaceutical companies and the health scam that we live in here, just bickering with each other to distract us from the fact that they're all corrupt motherfuckers. Every last one of those sons of bitches. 
And now we have, you know, and, and throughout this whole process, what we saw was was the left, right? What, what, what is considered the left now, which is insulting to me, but we'll use the popular nomenclature. We have the left acting like the thought police and trying to silence people who, who express wrong think and then kind of rewrite the facts afterwards to make them look like the heroes. Insert Andrew Cuomo. No pun intended. But anyways, that's where we're at with that. That's my thoughts on that. It's a weird time. It's unfortunate. It's frustrating. Fauci's a fucking liar. Like, what, what, what? I mean, there's a lot of the stuff in there. A lot of the stuff in there just confirmed people's beliefs, right? If you thought Fauci was a fraud before, now you're like, well, Fauci's a fraud. And if you were, like, undecided, you're probably like, he that dude's kind of full of shit. And if you were, like, a Fauci loyalist that has, you know, one of those signs that says, we believe in science in your yard, um you probably think the same thing you thought about him two weeks ago. And that's fine. That's fine because to change your mind or shift your perspective would threaten your entire identity because now politics are everything. And that's the world we live in. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. What in the actual fuck are you doing? I thought you had principles. I thought you stood by. You chant defund the police at rallies. And then we have this, this, this beautiful article by Glenn Greenwald. Now, I guess this is going to be one of those episodes where I just rip on the left a lot. But the squad enables Pelosi's massive capital police spending bill while cynically feigning opposition. Three squad members, all of whom recently chanted defund the police, had the power to kill a $1.9 billion increase in capital police and security spending. Instead, they ensured its passage. Okay, so let's just, let's just, let's just flip through this. This is one of his public articles. Also, go subscribe to the Glenn Greenwald Substack. I think it's like $5 a month. It's worth every penny. You're going to get a lot out of it. This dude, he does it right. Anyways, by a margin of one vote, the U.S. House of Representatives on Thursday approved a bill that allocates $1.9 billion to intensify security and increase policing at the U.S. Capitol. Among other things, the bill would boost armed security for members of Congress, fortify security protections at the Capitol, provide funds in reimbursement to the National Guard, and increase funding to the Capitol Police. A small portion of it would provide counseling services for Capitol Police officers dealing with trauma. I'm pretty sure that all police organizations have a fund set aside for counseling that police probably don't use that much. So that's kind of a weird add-on, like a little feel-good icing on the cake, if you will. The 213 to 212 vote was a party-line vote with six exceptions. All Republicans voted against it. All Democrats voted for the bill except for sixth. Three members of the left-wing faction of the House, known as the Squad, joined their GOP colleagues to vote against the bill. Ilan Omar, Cory Bush, and Ayanna Presley, Presley, excuse me. But the other three members of the squad, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Jabal Momin, and Rashida Tlaib, voted either yes, neither yes nor no, but rather present. All six had previously told activist groups that they opposed the bill. So you opposed the bill, right? And you had the power to stop it right there. Quit wasting time, because this is going to go to the Senate now, and it's not going to pass. But you have the potential to shut this thing down right now. Let's just, you know, let's not give the, the Capitol Police $1.9 billion more dollars for what was generally incompetent. That's it. They had their riot shields and their gear locked up in a van and just didn't have keys for it. 
That was part of the deal. They, they, they were intentionally understaffed. They had the staff to deal with this. They had the information to deal with this, and they fucking didn't. I don't think we should reward them with $2 billion more fucking dollars. Give me a goddamn break. Are you serious? After all this shit over the past year and a half, after all of it, all the rallies and the protests and, and wanting to abolish policing, now you want to give the police that protect you $2 billion more dollars in funding. Let's continue. Had any of these three squad members voted no instead of present, then the bill would have been defeated. In other words, this faction of the squad had the power fully in their hands to block passage of the bill that would increase police funding and enhance the power of the security state to prevent the public from entering the U.S. Capitol, a bill they claimed to oppose. But they chose not to use that power and instead allowed this, allowed this pro-police, pro-security state bill to pass the House and now it heads to the Senate, where Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer has vowed to bring it to a floor vote, though it remains uncertain if they will able, be able to find the 10 Republican senators needed for it to pass the Senate and will be sent to the White House for signing. Now, this is tricky. I don't think it'll pass the Senate, but it could because conservatives would then be blamed for not loving the police enough, which is a corner they've painted themselves into by not being critical of the police at all, even when they fucking deserve it. I mean, come on. Okay, let's continue again. There are several amazing aspects to this epi- to this episode. To begin with, all three squad members who obtained uh, who abstained today on this bill, which effectively ensured its passage, have spent the last year chanting and tweeting that the police should be defunded. Just last month, Representative Talib demanded that the police be defunded and disbanded. Rashida Talib tweets. It wasn't an accident. Police in, policing in our community is inherent and intentionally racist. Dante Wright was met with aggression and violence. I am done with those who condone government-funded murder. No more policing, incarceration, or militarization. It can't be reformed. Representative Bowman in December issued a similar proclamation. Defund the police, the congressman decried. And the, the AP had tweeted something here. He said, we're fighting in your memory, Tamir. You won't be forgotten. A, a system this cruel and inhumane can't re be reformed. Defund the police and defund the system that's terrorizing our communities. <sighs> wow. Hypocrisy, huh? In the summer of 2020, Representative Ocasio-Cortez left no doubt that uh, about what she favors when she invokes this mantra. Defunding the police means defunding the police, she said. The congresswoman was cited was uh, criticizing cuts to New York's police budget as insufficient and the byproduct of a, accounting tricks rather than real defunding efforts. And yet, what do we have today? When it comes to their own security, these three squad members are evidently eager for close to $2 billion to be spent in additional funds to increase the police presence around them and fortify the armed guards and other security state mechanisms that protect them. This is always the key point of defund the police campaigns. Those who actually suffer are not the rich who will simply hire more private security or the powerful who will use government budgets to ensure their own physical safety using armed guards, but the burden will fall instead on the poor working class citizens who are left unprotected. This is why only a small percentage of citizens in all racial groups support reducing police presence in their neighborhood. A Gallup poll last August found that 81% of black Americans and 83% of Hispanic Americans want either either police presence to remain the same in majority or be increased. Presumably they want that for the same reason squad members just enabled this bill to pass today. They perceive it in the, in their, in the interest of their own safety. So we'll cut it off right there, but I just wanted to point this out because 
one thing I seek to do with this show and my platform and whatever I'm doing is hold people accountable. And this is flat out hypocrisy, plain and simple. When it comes from either side, I can't fucking stand it. It disgusts me to see this kind of hypocrisy. And the fact that you could have quashed this thing in the house. And the thing is, the reason this is even a thing, right? This is a two, this is a $2 billion ribbon to say, look how bad Trump was. We, he was so bad and his people were so bad that we had to spend $2 billion more dollars on the Capitol Police to protect ourselves because the orange man is so dangerous. And the orange man is a fucking retard, okay? The orange man doesn't think about consequences of his actions. The orange man can probably be pretty dangerous, but right now Google searches for his name are at an all-time low even before he ran for president, right? He has very little relevance left. Now he might run for Congress in 2022 and do something with that. That'd be interesting. That'd be a fucking mess. It'd be a shit show. But this kind of stuff, this kind of stuff alienates part of your, an essential part of your base. And this, this passes... And AOC and her squad didn't do something about it. They will have lost so much respect from people that have supported them from the very beginning. And this is this is a this is a fucking Pelosi Schumer dog and pony show. But to watch this happen, I mean, I was I was somewhat outraged reading this article, and I'm really glad that Glenn Greenwald is one of the only people that I've seen rising, or excuse me, uh, breaking points with Crystal and Sager, two, uh, the only outlets I've seen cover this at all. And even conservatives can't, can't cover it because they're so pro-police, regardless of what happens, right? Just had another guy shot the other day because a police officer shot another cop and he thought it was the other person. They shot that person in the chest. Like it's a whole, th- like it's a shit show. Right, we got a bunch of fat ass cops who are who are bullied in high school that are fucking nerds that, that think that they're that they're, they're they're fucking Clint Eastwood now cruising around flexing their dicks. It makes no sense, or their lady dicks, whatever they're doing. And we can't say like, hey, maybe there's a problem with this. Like that, like that's a, like that's a reach. Like we're really reaching, saying that hey, like these assholes with guns, like maybe cause some problems, and maybe they need some better training. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. It's like maybe they should spend that money that they spend buying up stuff at a discount from Lockheed Martin and maybe hire a fucking jujitsu instructor instead. Because maybe they're going to have more um, uh, addicts, drunk people, angry people that they're having encounter with encounters with than they are going to have IEDs in their fucking small town. That they have to have a, an IED-proof uh, rig that was just happened to be left over from this 20-year war we've been in in the Middle East. But God forbid that Lockheed Martin have a surplus, right? God forbid they don't get paid since they make all the fucking decisions. This is insane. This is absolutely insane. This is shameful. It's shameful, man. These people have no spine, no backbone, and maybe they didn't want to. You didn't want to stir the pot. They didn't want. I don't know what they didn't want to do here. I don't know what their deal was. Apparently, AOC was terrified, but she came out against it and didn't put her put, didn't put her money where their mouth is, which is cowardice, straight up cowardice. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at Elemental Labs, the creators of Element, the most delicious salty beverage you'll ever put in your stupid fucking face. Here's the deal: you're not hydrated enough. Okay, and I know all you motherfuckers out there are thirsty as can be. 
and you're all mad. You're just typing on the internet. You're commenting on people's posts, and you're just getting heated. You're getting heat. You're so angry at the modern state of politics that you are sweating profusely 24-7. You have night terrors. You might even wet the bed. But here's the thing. You need to replenish those fluids, and you need to do it effectively and in a delicious format, okay? Palatability is important when it comes to consumption of things. This, co- this content, this podcast content is highly palatable and zero calorie. But here's the thing. We, I don't have sugar on this podcast either. You know that. I mean, I'm sweet as can be, but there's no sugar in this podcast. And there's no sugar in Element either because it's actually healthy for you. I saw somebody drinking a Gatorade the other day, and I almost physically fought them. I was like, dude, do you think you're getting hydrated with that stuff? It's just Coca-Cola that's rebranded, doesn't have bubbles in it. Get yourself together. And I want you to get your life together by going to drink element, D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T dot com slash wanders and get yourself a variety pack for five bucks. Just cover shipping. You're going to get that variety pack sent right to your door. But wait, there is more. They just came out with this new flavor called watermelon. Have you heard of watermelon? It's delicious. Okay. Watermelons are good from the vine, but those things have sugar in them. This doesn't. And it also hydrates you and gives you a little bit of that salty twinge to make it go down all the better. Here's, I mean, this is it. This is what you need. I don't know what else to tell you. I've been reading this ad for months now, and people are buying this stuff. That's why they keep paying me to tell you to get this. And I don't think that the variety pack is enough. I mean, get the variety pack because you just have to pay shipping, and that's great. Awesome. Grab Something else. I don't know. Lemon habanero. Make a margarita with it. It's the, it's just, it's so good. And I've never felt so moist in my whole life. I'm like a damp dish rag that makes podcasts. It doesn't make any sense how hydrated I am. You think I can be this fired up on the inside? You think I can bring this kind of content to the world without being fired up? And to be fired up, you got to be juiced up with the hydration. H2O plus salt plus magnesium. These are all great things for you. Created by Rob Wolf and some other people who know their shit when it comes to health and wellness and not being just a general piece of trash. Great people. Beautiful souls. Great products. DrinkElement.com slash Wanders. Link is in the show notes. D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T dot com slash Wanders. Had a little trouble spelling it, but don't worry. It's all good because that link is in the show notes of this show. Do yourself a favor. Stay moist. Get that element. You're welcome. Federal judge overturns California's 32-year assault weapons ban. This is intense. The judge said the ban was a failed experiment. California's governor governor called the ruling a direct threat to public safety. Actually, Gavin Newsom, I think you're a direct threat to public safety and just your existence. Your existence, your ideas, um, your corruption, your fucking vineyard. You're a corrupt-ass wine merchant that is much more dangerous and has degraded the lives of much more people than any AR-15 ever has, ever. Now, I've got this photo here of three variations of the AR-15 assault rifle, which is not an assault rifle, uh, are displayed in the California Department of Justice in Sacramento, California, which are all exactly the same. I don't know what the variations are. They have different... um, different barrels, I guess, barrel links and flash suppressors. Anyways, moving on. So Mike Ives here, and I wanted to get this from the New York times because obviously I think it'd be be kind of fun. 
A federal judge in California on Friday overturned the state's three-decade-old ban on assault weapons, which he called a failed experiment, prompting a sharp retort from the state's governor, who no one gives a fuck about anymore. Uh, he's also under recall. California prohibited the sa- prohibited the sale of assault weapons in eight in 1989. The law was challenge in a suit filed in 2019 against the state's attorney general by plaintiffs including James Miller, a California resident, and the San Diego County Gun Owners, a political action committee. The judge, Roger T. Benitez of the the U.S. District Court for the Southern District of California, wrote that sections of the state's penal code that define assault weapons and restricted their use were hereby declared unconstitutional unconstitutional is a good word, were declared unconstitutional and shall be enjoined. But this judge said that he granted a 30-day stay on the ruling at the request of Attorney General Rob Bonta, a move that would allow Mr. Bonta to appeal it. Judge Mintez wrote that the case was about what should be a muscular constitutional right and whether a state can enforce a gun policy choice that impinges on their rights with a 30-year-old failed experiment. It should be an easy question to answer, Judge Benitez, who was nominated by former President George W. Bush, continued. Government is not free to impose its own new policy on American citizens where constitutional rights are concerned. So I wanted to get into this, right? First off, the definition of an assault weapon is very strange, but I feel like that tug of war and that debate is really silly, right? We all understand what people that don't understand firearms very well consider an assault weapon is a magazine-fed, uh, semi-automatic, larger-caliber uh, rifle, or or what they call a pistol, which is just one that's shorter than 16 inches, which is still like a short rifle, basically. Um, they have some really strange ideas about what goes where and how things work, but th- it seems to be the only gun, the only firearm that really gets brought up as far as it comes to... It's, it seems like people think, and this is, this is odd to me, they seem to think that people like, that they are 15s just jump up randomly every now and then, like gain sentience and just start shooting people. Like that's that like is it that as if that's a thing, or that any gun that is a semi-automatic magazine magazine fed is really only used for mass shootings or something like that, which is also comical, right? It doesn't make any fucking sense. So I will say that I am in favor of some gun reform. I think it would be best, and I've gone to at length on this on the show, I'm not going to do it again, but to take some time, get rid of the gun laws we have over over a, a period where it's like, hey, we're going to do some gun law reform, we're going to re- rejig this whole thing. What we have now is cumbersome, moronic, and unhelpful. And it doesn't it doesn't help public safety at any by any means, right? Aside from maybe background checks, which do fucking work. I don't want to hear this from anybody else how background checks are unconstitutional. I was just talking to a guy at the gun store the other day talking about how this felon <laughs> was trying to get a, get his hands on a Desert Eagle. <laughs> he had ordered it and they he thought that if he changed states, his felony wouldn't show up on their background checks. Like that's not a guy that I would like to have a Desert Eagle. Anyways, so those work. They're cumbersome, and they could be much better, and they should be much better, but they work, right? They're helpful. Aside from that, we have a bunch of rules that are very strange and unhelpful, right? And I think we need to, to kind of wipe this slate, slate clean, use the information we have, and move forward from that. So when it comes to new information, I pulled up a few just gun violence stats, right? So gun violence stats in the United States, 12 charts you need to see. 
So total U.S. gun violence death in 2020, over half of those, right? Over half of those are suicide. So 24,156 are suicide, mass murders, 21, mass shootings, 611, homicides, 19,395. So really, as cold as this may seem, you almost have to rule out suicide there. Um, There's many methods for doing suicide. Now, there is science that proves that if you take away someone's primary method of suicide, it's, it's less likely that they will commit suicide. They did a study uh, with the Golden Gate Bridge. People had the same argument that a lot of conservatives have where, well, they don't want to use a gun, they'll use something else. Um, when they put those safety nets at the Golden Gate Bridge where it would catch you if you jumped off, um, that decreased the number of suicides in the, in, the sta- in the city, excuse me, in San Francisco, by about the same number as there are suicides off the Golden Gate Bridge every year, which is a very proper, popular place to commit suicide. So that, that there was some really interesting studies done with that. So if you take away someone's preferred method, um, then you do decrease the suicide rate. So that's something to be knowledgeable of. Now, do people use AR-15s to commit suicide? I can't imagine that many. That would be a really cumbersome way to go about doing it and a very expensive way to go about doing it, right? So let's move on here. Now... Keep on going. Forty thousand. So here, here's where we get weird, right? We compare it to cancer, um, cancer, breast cancer, and pancreatic cancer deaths. So there's forty thousand annual gun deaths and gun violence. Um, I just have a hard time considering suicide gun violence. So that's should be cut in half at least. Uh, there are more guns than people. Now we got to look at this. Three hundred twenty-seven million people. Three hundred ninety-three million guns that we know about. That's a lot of guns. A lot of guns circulating. It's going to be very hard to put that toothpaste back in the tube. Now, that is also a misleading statistic. So you have people say that, right? Who owns guns? Of Americans that have at least one gun in their household, 44%. Within this group, 72% own a handgun or a pistol, 62% own a rifle, and 54% own a shotgun. Now, we all have, like, Montana, New Mexico, it shows the states that have the most uh, highest gun ownership. Um, Now... This is where it gets interesting, and we're just getting into more gun stuff here. Sixty-six percent own more than one of gun owners own more than one gun. Average person owns eight guns, and you may be like, "Why in the hell would anybody need eight guns?" Those are hunters and recreational shooters, right? That just there's there's gun nuts, would you call them, right? Like Coleon Noir, who just like has a bunch of guns, loves guns, it's his hobby, he does his thing. Um, and then you have people like me, right? I don't get off on like shooting tactical and having a bunch of ARs and pistols laying around. I've got a pistol and an AR, right, and a shotgun and another rifle and then a hand-me-down rifle and then and then a, and then a a big game rifle and a small caliber rifle and then another shotgun. It's like you just accumulate them over time for different things, right? I would use a different shotgun for hunting upland birds than I would for ducks because it's going to get wet. So I need to have one that's a little bit cheaper. And, and you, you end up doing that thing. So that's a very misleading statistic as well, right? And now I know guys that own upwards of 100 guns. And that's cool. Like, they do their thing. They're also the kind of people that you would want to own upwards of 100 guns. If they're, you know, they're not, they're not drug lords or cartel people, right? It's also important to note that when people say we don't have a gun problem, I would disagree with them because 80% of the guns that the cartel obtains come from the United States. We have so many guns that they kind of overflow into really problematic areas and fuel more real violence south of the border. And that becomes really problematic. So we've got to do something about that. And those come from all kinds of places. And if you've watched the show Trafficked, you know that what a lot of times is happening is that police, dirty cops, are confiscating weapons from drug dealers and things like that. Those weapons actually 
never get checked back into evidence. They get sold to cartel runners who then run guns right across the border because they don't check cars going south. They only check cars coming north across the border. So you can literally fill a trunk up, trunk up with whatever you want, run it down, stop at a little body shop, unload your load, turn around, come right back up. That's 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 dangerous. That's a problem. That's something that we need to be do something about that. So when we look at this, we always talk about AR-15s. That's that's the one that everybody likes to talk about. But when we actually look at the data here, this is from 2019. It's the most recent I could find. If we look at the numbers, we have 6,368 deaths from handguns and then 3,281 deaths from firearms type not stated. Um, there's a lot of reasons why type would not be stated because you have things like a 9mm that can come from a... And there's many... Um, pistol rounds that can also be shot out of certain rifles. So you may not even know um, what was going on. The odds are it's probably a pistol. But if you go down to rifles, which an AR-15 is considered a rifle, you have 364 deaths and 200 from shotguns. So you have rifles and shotguns really close to each other. Blunt objects such as hammers, 397. So more people are killed with hands, feet, blunt objects, um, other weapons, knives by a lot than they are by AR-15s. Yet, all they want to talk about is this AR-15 situation. So what you're not, what you're doing is is kicking around a political football. You're not actually helping public safety, right? It would make more sense to ban knives than AR-15s. AR-15s are much scarier, yes. But if you really want to have the conversation around gun safety, we need to be having the conversation around handguns. Handguns. How often does that come up? How often does that come up in the discussion? How often is it not the fucking AR-15 that everybody's freaking out about? Look at the numbers. I would like less people to be killed by firearms. So would everyone else for the most part. I'm sure there's some crazies out there. But if you look at the numbers, 6,368 in 2019 with a handgun confirmed. 3,281 from a firearm not type not stated, 364 from a rifle. Now, a rifle is easy because you know a rifle round, if it's a 5.56 five, or a 2.23 or a 308, like those are only coming out of a rifle, right? So even if the gun isn't present, you don't find the gun, you still know that was likely a rifle shooting. So when we look at this and these gun laws, in California, they really don't do much, right? We think about the most recent shooting in Boulder. That is a gun-free zone. It does not do much. Look at where the most restrictive gun laws are, Chicago and New York. That's also where the most gun violence is. There is some truth. When people that might break into your house know that a lot of people have guns in the area, it's a little bit more hesitant. The best way to get somebody, if you hear somebody breaking in, to leave is to tell them you have a gun, even if you don't. Right? It's a great way to get somebody out of your house. I've heard that a friend of mine had somebody trying to break in, and she said, I've got a gun, which she didn't have one in the house. I don't think she actually had it on her, and the guy just ran off. Because if someone's breaking through the door, you know exactly where they are, and any reliable firearm will shoot right through that thing, which is a justified thing to do, especially if you're a woman living alone. So we have the situation now where this firearm ban is repealed. It was doing nothing, right? A 30-year failed experiment, a three-decades-old failed experiment is exactly what it is. So we haven't actually, it's like these people that are, that are gun control advocates have this stance where they're attacking a gun, which is not the primary problem. 
The primary problem is handguns. Accidental shootings are more common with handguns. Murders are more common with handguns. You can conceal a handgun. You can take a handgun into a convenience store, into a movie theater, into anywhere. Put it in your purse. Put it in your pocket. That is a conversation to be had. Let's get this 6,368 number down and worry less about the um, 364 number. It seems worthwhile. I don't feel really out of line. I don't feel like a right-wing extremist saying those things. That seems pretty logical to me. But then again, I've got guns and I like shooting guns. So maybe I'm blinded by my bias. It just doesn't seem that way. But I think this is this repeal is a good thing. I think conservatives conservatives that live and gun gun rights people who live in California are super frustrated. Their laws really make no sense, you know. And those laws trickle down to other states like Hawaii. Hawaii has really nonsense culture gun laws as well. We can talk about, and I've talked about at length, like what we can do to create a better system without infringing on people's rights. But you're not putting this toothpaste back in the tube, and all you're doing is running a distraction tactic in the same way that people do with abortion to keep things, to keep the the conversation about those things so that people are distracted from the real issues. And we're seeing more and more of that now. And maybe by repealing this act, this, this nonsensical assault weapons ban in, in California, maybe we'll see a little bit more productive discourse, but I don't have a lot of faith in that given the way that things have been going. Trump lashes out at Facebook after his ban is extended until 2023, after the midterms. Former President Donald Trump lashes out at social media giant Facebook on Monday after they announced its decision to keep him banned until at least 2023. And we're pulling this from the Blaze because I don't think I've ever used the Blaze before, and they're just a, you know, it's nice to pull out a little right wing propaganda every now and then. Trump has been banned from Facebook in the wake of the January 6th riot at the U.S. Capitol after the fa- after Facebook determined that his statements decrying the authenticity of the 2020 election could incite more violence. On Friday, the social media giant said this his ban would continue until at least January 7th, 2023, when the company would reconsider whether he should be allowed back on the platform. Facebook's ruling is an insult on the record-setting 75 million people plus Many others who voted for us in the 2020 rigged presidential election, Trump wrote. Maybe that's why. Maybe that's why, Donnie. Maybe you should get over the uh, election fraud, stolen election bullshit. Like, if you're just going to keep doing this, and I hope he does it when he runs in 2024 or whenever he runs for whatever he runs for again. I hope he just keeps doing it because it makes him look like a jackass. Like, dude, stop. Even if it's true. Even if it's true, which it's not, but even if it was true. No one cares. Okay? You're a fraud. You got out-frauded. Frauds everywhere. Like, who cares? Anyways, they shouldn't be allowed to get away with this censoring and silencing. Ultimately, we will win, he added. Our country can't take this abuse anymore. The former president has begun sending message to supporters via a blog website that was shut down permanently after operating for about a month. A Trump essay says... So ridiculous. A Trump aide said that it was a precursor to him joining another social media platform. Which one, buddy? MySpace? Like, what are you doing here? That blog was so funny. The the site traffic to that was horrendous. Like, who was going to that? Anybody out there? I went to it once. It was absurd. He he started this Bush League Squarespace blog. Uh, Lasted for a month. Congratulations, Donnie. Um, Some some on the left were demanding a lifetime ban. Complaint... 
that complaining that the ruling of this ban meant that Trump was most likely going to return to Facebook. Supporters of the former president accused Facebook of violating his free speech rights. Facebook's price, Facebook's price president of global affairs, Nick Clegg, addressed the controversy over the ban in a statement on Friday. We know that in any penalty we apply or choose not to apply will be controversial. There are many people who believe it was not appropriate for a private company like Facebook to suspend an outgoing president from its platform. And many others who believe Mr. Trump should have been a immediately banned for life. We know today's decision will be criticized of many people on, on opposing sides of the political divide, but our job is to make a decision as, as proportionate, fair and transparent a way as possible. He's, he concluded, okay, transparency is definitely not your strong suit, Facebook. So, and that's where we want to get to this, right? I think one of the best things that these, the, that the government can do in regulating these social media companies is let their standards and policies be very transparent. And if they violate the, 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 their standards, their community, whatever it is, whatever their standards are for censoring content, and they're not, and they should be public and simple. If they violate those, they should pay, like pay big time. I, I don't know what else to do here. Like, what else can we do? It's such an interesting situation. Like, you really shouldn't ban the outgoing vice president, or the, excuse me, the outgoing president. And also, the outgoing president shouldn't shut his fucking mouth every now and then. I don't know. Maybe like quit. Don't make it easy for him. You know what I'm saying? Like this, this, this rigged election thing is so absurd. He's going to keep doing the same thing when he runs in 2024. If he does, if he makes it that far, he's going to do the same thing over and over again. It's going to be obnoxious. And it's also going to, if there's any quality Republicans in that running, they're all going to be tarnished by his bullshit. Like if you get beat by a guy who keeps talking about election fraud, this, this ass clown in the primary, this this TV reality TV show host douchebag. If that happens to you, you lose to him. How do you, what do you do? How do you recover from that? How do, how do you how does your political career recover from that? Maybe you just sit out, you know. And, and his vice president, he's not going to choose Pence again. His vice president, uh, you know, we're going to end up having Kamala Harris as the president because this douchebag can't fucking keep his mouth shut. Like, shut the fuck up, dude. The Republican Party needs to distance himself from Trump so badly. They need to distance himself from Trump badly. Like, it's getting to be a problem. I mean, it's been a problem for a while. Like, this guy cannot be the head of your party, y'all. I don't know what delusional world you're living in where you think you're going to sway independence to voting for this guy after all the shit he pulled. But it's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. You need to distance yourself Find somebody with good policies that can articulate themselves well, who isn't going to just say random shit off the cuff, and and go with it. If you want to make liberals cry some other way, I know that you love liberal tears, right? A bunch of assholes have a have a have a fake yeti with that on there. I get it, but it's not productive. It's not helpful. Okay. Now, also want to propose something different. I want to propose something quite different that I think would be really helpful. I think we should have. Facebook court, Facebook court, where maybe Zuckerberg or Jack Dorsey or someone like that is the judge and people come in and plead their case. And I actually have a clip that I think would be really helpful in letting us really look into what that would be like if that were a thing. So let's check that out right here. I'm finding I'm finding you in contempt of court. I don't care. I know you don't. And I sentence you to 20 days for that. And, and if you say anything else, I'm going to add 20 days for everything you say. F*** you. 40 days. F*** you again. 60. Go f*** 
yourself. A year. Your mama. Ten years. Suck my d- or something. This is going to be an interesting trial. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. You're not, you're not supposed to smile in court. You know that if you smile. I can smile anytime I want. It's a violation. Now you're cussing and yelling I at me. I have not cussed. Yeah, you did. I am yelling. Well, go f*** yourself. Suck my d- That's why I'm yelling. Suck my d- You know something? You are absolutely the rudest person I think I've you ever reckon, met. You reckon if I let you suck my d- that I could get a fair trial here? Oh, I don't think so. I got a big d- now. And, and if I pull it out. I don't think that's going to get you a fair trial unless you have I'm done. every one of the jurors do it. I don't think that mouth is big enough, sir. I've got a big old donkey d- You know, I'm sure mine's, I'm sure mine's not. I've got a big old donkey d- for that ass. Good. I'm sure the women love it. I don't f- girls. Oh, oh no. I'm sorry. I f- boys. Oh, I'm sorry. You prefer men. I f- boys. You prefer men, right? I f- white, white boys. You, oh, oh, white or black? White boys. Oh, butt boys? With big butts. Oh, of course. You know, y- you look like a queer. Well, okay, so now you're calling me a queer in the courtroom? I didn't call you one. I said you looked like one. You're yelling. Do you understand the li- English language? Wait, you're yelling. You're laughing. Do you understand the English language? This is, this, this is kangaroo court, sir. Do you, you know what? No, we're not in Australia. I mean, if you want to f- suck my d- you can do it any time now. We can oh, get this court you're, ordered. you're so smart. Do we have to court order this? You're so funny. You're so cute. Can we get a court order to get my d- sucked, sir? You're so cute. I know all the inmates just love you to death. Oh, yeah. Oh, I bet. All the white butt boys love me to death, too. Okay, well, I- I'll bet they do, and I bet all the rest of them do, too. You ain't supposed to smile in court. I'll bet everybody enjoys sucking your You ain't supposed to be smiling in court. That's a violation. I can smile anytime my dad gum want to. Now you're yelling at me again. I am. I'm yelling. You're getting mad. Can you hear me? You're shaking. I am yelling at you. Well, reckon you can suck my Yelling. Can you take a break? Yelling. Can you take a break? I'm yelling at you. Can you take a break? Yelling. Can I get my sucked? Can you hear me? Yelling. Can I get my sucked? Yelling. Yelling. Are you ready to suck now? Have you got it all out? You know something? You will, but you want me to you in the butt then, right? Oh my goodness. You've got plenty of that over in jail. I can see it in you when I came in the courtroom. Okay, that's fine. You're going to be here on... Let me tell you how this is... Yeah, I feel like that would be how, about how it went. That's, that's, I think, I think that's, that's the direction we should go. Facebook court. And it'll go down like this. We can televise. It'll be great. It'll be really comfortable for Trump because it'll be like a reality show. Like Judge Judy, but better. And um, that's where we're headed. I'm into it. Let's do it. Texas governor signs bill banning abortions after fetal heartbeat is detected which is about six weeks. That pretty much sums it up. The whole article just goes into that. And we hear some things back and forth. Let's just discuss this really quickly. I'm not looking forward to the comments in this. I had people in my DMs last time I posted anything about abortion. That was just like, I really really appreciate uh, my conservative audience. I really do. Um, You guys are great. Most people are really kind. Um, You know, a lot of people don't agree with me on everything, and that's fine. A lot of my lefty audience doesn't agree with me on everything either. And that's great. I don't want everybody, if you don't agree with me on at least, if you don't disagree with me about 20% of the time, um, you probably need to rethink yourself because you may be too easily swayed. Because that's just, that's the way that I am. And I'm a a bit of a dichotomy, right? Very few people are going to be like right in line with me. That's what we call it politically homeless because it's a, it's a wide group of people that accept disagreements and understand that we can coexist happily and peacefully with those disagreements. This, however, is a fucking atrocity. This is so absurd. And we keep getting into this debate, right? I've been in these debates over and over again about abortion. So six weeks, most women don't know they are pregnant at six weeks, missing a period as a woman, never had a period. I'm not a woman, but from reports of, from women, Missing a period or being a couple weeks late or whatever, not that big a deal, especially if you're an athlete or you train a lot or you're really, or you're really lean, skinny. Like those kind of things can, you know, 
do stuff, right? If you're on birth control, you don't have periods very often at all. If that fails and you're pregnant and you have no idea, well, what do you do, right? If you're not in a position, you don't have the resources, don't have the ability to be a good parent, what do you do now? All these questions, all this stuff gets disregarded because of, let's see what, what he says here. Our creator endowed us with the right to life, and yet millions of children lose their right to life every year because of abortion. When you create your political decisions based upon your religious ideology, you are a problem. Now, Texas done a lot of great things, done a lot of great things, and they've been, they've been, they've been gaining political capital. I think that's why they passed this now is because they knew they had a lot of leverage based on their mass mandates and the way that they're treating vaccine passports and things like that because this happened, and then just a few days later, which is all political calculus, by the way, a few days later they outlaw uh, vaccine passports and requirements and things like that, which is great. That's all good stuff. But they use this time and take advantage of this time to pass this, this legislation essentially banning abortions. Now, people are going to say, well, when it has a heartbeat, it's alive. You don't fucking know that. I don't know that. You don't know that. No one knows that. We don't have enough science and data on consciousness to make that decision. I don't give a shit what the fucking Bible says. The Bible is not a fucking science textbook. It's not based in research. Those people that lived in that time thought that when their region of the world flooded, and just like 27 other religions talked about a great flood, and 27 other religions had vi- fucking virgin births and all this other bullshit that people think is like factual in a 2,000-year-old book that was written 500 years after the fact and then edited after that so everybody could get on the same page. Like, that's, that, that's your basis for decision-making? Like, give me a fucking break, dude. I don't give a shit. You believe what you want to believe. I don't care. But when it becomes the decision-making process for everyone else in the world, that is a problem. I do not believe in your religion, okay? I respect your right to do what you want to do, but I will not make decisions on my life based on your religious ideology. And it does not have anything to do with understanding how life works or how souls work. If you believe in the soul, when does the soul enter the body? When it comes out? Maybe. At six months? At eight months? It doesn't make a whole lot of sense for a fetus to be conscious inside of the womb. It doesn't make that much sense, especially when it's this big. Now, we're talking about late-term abortion. Of course, I voted against late-term abortion in my state, here in Colorado. I think that's that's a problem. Yeah, absolutely. These people that have these laws that are abortion up to the time of birth, that, that doesn't make any fucking sense either. No sense at all. Absolutely none. I mean, especially when we're talking about the time frame in which a baby can live. That's egregious. But also six weeks? So did you pair this with a situation that gives away free contraceptives or uh, free, free pregnancy tests? Because in this situation, you, have to, you, you should probably require everyone, and this should be state-mandated, to have pregnancy tests in every fucking bathroom. That way, every time a woman takes a piss, she can piss on a stick and find out if she's pregnant because she only has six fucking weeks. Really? Really? That's what we're going to do here. That's what you're going to do. And you know what's fucking bullshit about this whole thing? And I get heated about this because this, this fucks people up. What about a 15-year-old girl, right, loses her virginity, gets knocked up? That happens all the time. Do you think it's the wealthy girl who's not going to be able to get an abortion? They'll just fly her to wherever. Go on a family vacation in Colorado. Get, get one here. Under the guise of a ski trip. Right? No. 
It's not them. It's the people who struggle with resources to begin with that are going to be punished by this. Every fucking time. Every time. This punishes people who, like it or not, are, 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 are in bad circumstances. That's who this punishes. Who don't have the resources or the ability to be good parents. That's the majority of people who get abortions. You want to argue with me about that? Come at me in the comments. I don't give a fuck. It is what it is. And I'm not pro-Planned Parenthood either. I don't think abortion being the first choice is the best thing. I, would, I prefer people, get, people do adoption or do different things. Abortion is not a fun topic. It's not fun to talk about on the show. I don't like talking about it. People who have had one don't like talking about it. And there are outliers out there that think it's fine and whatever and don't think about it. And this one twat did a, 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 a TikTok about it and like made a joke about it. That shit's not funny. It's a serious matter. It's a serious matter. But to do this now fucking pisses me off. And people want to act like they know all the things. They want to act like, oh, we're, we're protecting the mother. The fuck you are. You're protecting your fucking religion. That's what you're doing. As if, as if God didn't talk numerous times about killing pregnant women. Wasn't he like pissed off at a pharaoh one time and killed everybody's firstborn child? And you want to tell me that dude is fucking pro-life? Really? Really? You have, you, have, you have more grounding in certain types of Buddhism where they won't even step on a bug. Those people are pro-life. Those monks are pro-life. Christians being pro-life? That's got to be the silliest shit I've ever heard in my entire life. And it's like, oh no, but they revised it whenever Jesus and did shut up. It's in the book. I can pull up, but I have Bible verses open in a tab right now. Let's just look at some. Let's do this while we're, while we're heated. Let's look at it real quick. Um, scriptural truth. A pregnant woman who is injured and aborts the fetus warrants financial compensation only to her husband, suggesting that the fetus is property, not a person. <sighs> the gruesome... <laughs> Priestly purity test in which a wife accused of adultery may submit, uh, must submit, will cause the to abort the fetus if she is guilty, indicating that the fetus does not possess a right to life if 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 conceived in adultery. Okay, so uh, so so should abortions be based on Numbers five uh, or Numbers chapter five eleven to thirteen? You if you're if you're not married, you should be able to have an abortion then. Right? That, that's biblical. Let's do that. We want to fucking play this game? Do we want to play this game about what is the, the verse uh, about bashing their heads on a rock? Blessed are those who, who bash their children on a rock or some shit. That's in there. And it's like, oh, we'll justify that because it was just the product of the times. Well, maybe abortion is just the product of this time. No ground to stand on with your religious bullshit. I can't stand this. We can just go back and forth. You can find one that's pro-life and I'll find one that's pro-killing babies. There's some in here about, you know, kill everyone, uh, even even the, the suckling babes and the, 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 the fruit of their loins or some shit. So that, do you have grounds to stand on there or does this make you feel icky? Because I think things make me feel icky too. How about hundreds of thousands of people who have died uh, in the Middle East? And you know what's funny? You know what's funny? The same people who, choose, who claim to be pro-life also have zero problem with Israel killing children because of, 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 of you know, self-defense. Let's blow up a school in self-defense. It's a very American thing to do. 
Tell me you're pro-life. And the funny thing about this that I've seen, because I, I have a lot of friends in Texas. I grew up in Texas. I have a lot of pride in Texas. And a lot of my friends who are conservatives, Trump voting conservatives, women particularly, who were so stoked on Greg Abbott with the mask mandates and the vaccine, all the stuff he's done, the way they've handled COVID, they've done a really good job. And I will give them credit for that. But they were livid at this. Livid. Because at the end of the day, as a man, it's not my decision. It's not my decision to make. And to think that women are incapable of love who do this, to add shame onto an experience that is already very challenging to people. Add shame on top of that. To shame someone for doing what they think is best for them and their future family and their life, as unfortunate as they may be, only perpetuates more problems. It's like, well, abortions um, ruin, the, ruin the, the potential mother's life. Why do you think that is, fuckface? Why do you think that is? Maybe because they are involved in the church and they get constantly shamed by you and people like you. I, this, this, this disgusts me. Disgusts me. And I know people are going to disagree. People are going to hit that. People have already hit that unfollow button. Don't give a fuck. I will stand up for this. I will die on this hill. This is unfair, unjust, and really does a lot to limit a woman's right to choose, man. Like at the end of the fucking day. I hate it. This pisses me off. This is not fun. I don't like bringing this stuff up. I don't like bringing this up on the show. It doesn't bring joy to me to bring this up. I don't like debating this. I don't like arguing about it. We need pragmatic, practical regulations on abortion. It's not a fun thing. It's not a party. But it's necessary for some people. And we need to keep that in mind. And if you think that women who don't have the finances or the stability in their lives should have children that they probably can't take care of, and your anti-social programs to take care of those children, you don't want to extend Medicare to children under five, you're a fucking piece of shit. And you're a hypocrite. And you're part of the fucking problem. Well, comedian Tim Dillon uh, started a little fire by suggesting that <laughs> we shoot Tesla owners in the head at their charging stations and rob them. So we had this article uh, by Jonah Kreider here that says... Let's not shoot Tesla owners in the head, Tim Dillon. Warning, this is a little graphic, and it presents it is presented as comedy, but, but it could be seen as encouraging the killing of innocent people living their lives. Stand-up comedian Tim Dillon went on a rant and said that he hopes Tesla owners start getting shot in the head. He even suggests that people start shooting Tesla owners. Why don't we start doing that? Why can't people start shooting, shooting them people in the head? He asks as he's making the pew-pew finger symbols. Warning, this video below is graphic and contains language that encourages violent behavior. So let's see what Tim Dillon had to say here. Talking about the Tesla Charger all the time. And we're, well, there's going to, they're actually going to have supercharged stations where if you pull up, it charges. I hope you start getting shot in the head <laughs> at the supercharged Tesla station. Why don't we start doing that? Why don't people start shooting people in the head and taking their money? Outside the supercharge, just an idea. Think free idea. I'm just a little sick of it. I'm not. I'm not hating on the Tesla people. I was in Rogan's Tesla. It's very cool. It goes very fast. Well, the ludicrous mode is very fast. I understand that. But where are you going? Where are you going? 
You don't have anywhere to go. You're going fast to what? What exactly are you doing? Are you in a chase? Are you using that car to chase down a man who has just thrown a girl into a van? Is that why you need ludicrous mode? So you can go so fast and then find that van and then fucking beat that guy up and then free that girl? Is that what you're doing? Or are you going to, like, I don't know, fucking Dairy Queen? <laughs> you know? I mean, it's like enough already. I'm just a little sick. Do you understand my frustration with these people? Of course. It's a weird brainwashed cult of people. Well, but it's people that just want to talk about... You, you have a Tesla. You want to talk about that? Yeah, yeah, You have a Tesla, and all you talk about is your Tesla. That's not true. But that's not, I wasn't really going at you. I was going at a lot of people because he has a Tesla. Giannis, no, that's a weird cult of people. Giannis has one. Michael has one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My friend Michael one. has it. Just, they just. They go, you never, you'll never go back. You'll yeah, never what go does back. that mean? I'm already looking at the Lucid Air. It's a better EV. It's coming out in like two years, you know? Uh, there's other Here's the thing with the you'll never cool. go back. You'll, you'll go back. This is this whole thing is like you'll go back. It's like. You you go black, you never go back. It's like maybe that's so that's that. Um, just Tim <laughs> talking about shooting Tesla owners in the head and robbing them at the supercharged stations. Um, this person goes on. He says he goes on to encourage robbery robbery as well. Take all their money outside the supercharger. Just an idea. Wink. Free idea. I'm just a little sick of it. I'm not hating on Tesla people. Normally, <laughs> this isn't the positive stuff that goes on here, but we need to call out those who encourage bad behavior and killing people is definitely bad behavior. It's wrong to encourage even jokingly People to kill others. This sick behavior, I believe, is rooted in the market hatred of Elon Musk by many mainstream writers and journalists who put forth the idea that Tesla owners and Elon Musk are these incredibly bad people. And the Tesla Owners Club of New York State says, how about we don't joke about shooting at Tesla owners in the head while they are supercharged at the supercharger? Okay. Um, what the fuck are you talking about? Like this, of all the things, of all the things, of all the things comedians do, comedians say, you're taking this seriously. Tesla owners are such pussies. It's absurd. This is a real, people are really upset about this. People, and they even said that Elon Musk should use some of his resources to control this behavior. Really? Elon Musk, you think he gives a shit about what Tim Dillon said, jokingly, because he's tired of obnoxious Tesla owners that always talk about their Tesla. In 10 years, every car company will have cars that are as good, if not better, than Teslas. That's kind of the point. That's Elon Musk's goal. Also, terraforming Mars. So you have this like, cult of personality with Elon Musk, right? And then you have these people, and they are fucking obnoxious. The people that like never quit talking about Tesla and Elon Musk are like, could you stop? They're almost as bad as Christians, really. But, um, yeah, this is, this is strange. And I had to bring this up because like what I, I brought up the on Instagram the other day about how journalism isn't really mean anything anymore. It's like a person who writes like, that's it. It's like the, the, journalism used to mean something. It was like calling out, you know, atrocities and, and, and injustices and, and doing, doing the work, which doing the work doesn't mean anything anymore either. Like so many phrases don't mean it's getting real Orwellian out here, real Orwellian. But with this situation, it's like, guys, Guys, it's it's like Tim Dillon said, the reason he is the best in the game right now is because he says crazy wild shit that everybody else is afraid to say. And he makes enough money on Patreon that Patreon won't ban him. He makes $150,000 a month on Patreon at least right now. Probably going up. Probably going up because of this article. 
So what Tesla owners need to do, and it, I had I had a boss one time who drove a Tesla Model S. This is before they came out with the the like thirty thousand thirty thousand dollar like uh, school teacher version. And he said it, it, we were in the office and we were, we were talking. He was getting he was talking about getting a new Tesla because he had one of the early ones. And he liked to spend money uh, and use his company as a piggy bank. And um, he was like, you know, I just feel like I just feel like um, driving a car that burns gasoline is just so archaic. It's just so archaic, man. At the time, mind you, I drove a 1985 FJ60, <laughs> a Toyota. It was uh, it's a fantastic car, my favorite car I've ever had. And I was like, you're a fucking asshole. And also, do you know where those lithium batteries come from? Do you know how that happens? Is that just something you don't like to see? That guy also claimed to care about uh, deforestation for palm oil because they deforest and then grow palm plants, and it's a really bad problem in the Amazon, and then sold his company to another company who deforest the Amazon to grow palm oil for their companies. So there's not a lot of integrity there, but that's your general Tesla owner. That's how it goes. But anyways, fun stuff. I enjoyed that. I had to bring that up on the show. Why not? Why not, right? And yeah, you know, it is what it is. But now it's time. That beautiful time of the show. We're going long today, guys. I missed y'all, and you can tell. It's time for me to give you something to think about. won't come to news as news to many of you, but given the Fauci emails and things that have come out and where we're at with things and the word debunked or fact-checking, losing all meaning whatsoever, um, I wanted to just put this out there for you and just, just give you something to think about here about how easy it is. For those in power to manipulate and devalue the importance of questioning the common narrative. Because there was a time, right? We had uh, Operation Mockingbird from the CIA where they essentially owned major news anchors and ran um, the news media, which is essentially state media, not any different than what's going on in China, um, which seems to be kind of process, right? But now, when you have Facebook and Twitter operating as arms of the government, right? At this point, almost completely um, separated from being a private company. Think about how much easier it is to accomplish that goal. It's like a push of a button, the flip of a switch. And now you've turned dissenters into villains, into domestic terrorists even. It's so simple. And there's never really any way 
to hold those people to account. The federal government won't do it. They need their obedience. And to hold them accountable would make them resistant to doing their bidding. It's so easy now to manipulate and gaslight, although the word gaslighting has lost much of his meaning as well, but to manipulate people in deciding with the party, as George Orwell would say in 1984. Know that Big Brother's always watching. Turn in their fellow citizens, turn in their parents, turn in their friends, turn in their neighbors. It's really scary. It's really weird. And it's simple. So as we're looking out on the landscape now, as things are starting to change, it's like, oh, our bad. That actually wasn't debunked. Here's some information for you. Please don't let us experience any consequences for our lies or manipulation. Just go on doing your thing. Scroll and double tap and stroll and double tap and scroll and share. Maybe share this video. And as you're watching, share this podcast. I mean, not this video. Come on. Either one, whatever. As you're watching this happen, because there will be a next time. There will always be a next time when it comes to this shit until there's not a next time anymore, which will be a pretty dark days, I would say. But as you're watching it happen next time, keep that in mind. It's definitely something to think about. How easy it is to flip that switch and turn a substantial part of this country into whatever they need to be to become the villain of that time. I love you guys. Thank you all for hanging out. It's been a good time. Glad to be back. Check out that Patreon, patreon.com slash politically homeless. Link is in the show notes. Share the podcast, subscribe to the podcast, do all the things, leave a review, you know. And always, always, always keep your head on straight. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.